Yes, Lord. Isn't he worthy to be praised? Yes, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I think about the scripture when John was baptizing in the river and he looks up and he sees Jesus coming and he said, Behold, the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. That's the same Lamb we worship today. who has taken away the sins of the world. Taking the sins upon himself. So many times, I think we miss the mark. And I think we miss the mark because we don't focus on moving forward. See, I think what happens to a lot of us, church, is we're looking back. You know, the Word of God says in Luke chapter 9 and verse 62. It says, And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. We were having a small discussion in here this morning and we were talking about how hard it is to say yes when you're going like this. And how hard it is to say no when you're going like this. 
or how you can just smile and say, I'm so depressed today. How are y'all doing today? You can't say that with a smile. What does Jesus want from us? He wants total dedication, not half-hearted commitments. We can't pick and choose among Jesus' ideas and follow them equally. You see, either you follow all or you follow none. You just say, oh, well, I like this part of Scripture, so I'm going to live by this. But you read on in a few more passages where it's a little tougher to live, and you say, well, I don't want to live by that. I'm going to go back to what I saw before, and that's where I want to go. You see, Christians are in the habit of picking and choosing how they want to live for Jesus. But I'm telling you this morning, you can't pick and choose. It's whole. It's all or none. Some people say, well, that's unfair, Pastor. It's hard to live by the whole word of God. If you're a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have dedicated your life to Him, it is not hard to live wholeheartedly for Him. It's not hard to follow the Word of God moving forward. It's not. Why? How do I know this? Because Christ will give you the abilities to live for Him, to work for Him, to do what He's called you to do. He's not going to unequip you so that you will fall because that makes Him look bad. He's going to equip you to have you stand up and move forward in Him. You know what's wrong with the, the body of Christ? A lot of them, they're cowards. They turn and go away. It's, it gets a little rough, and they turn and walk away and say, I can't do it. Well, you know, I, what I think, I believe the saying that my grandmother used to say to me, can't never did nothing. I believe that to be true. I don't know how accurate that statement may be, saying it like I just said it, but that's how she said it. Can't never did nothing. And it's true. If you do nothing, you will fail every time. You'll meet that goal. But if you strive and you try in Jesus' name, You'll hit the goal every single time. Because Jesus is not going to fail you. He's not going to fail us as a body of believers. I say don't look back. Because something may be gaining on you. Better yet, someone may be gaining on you. And it may not be who you want. The Bible, the word of the living God tells us not to look back. What did we just read? What did Luke just say to us? What did Jesus just say? When Luke recorded this, when he said Jesus recorded the very words of Jesus, that no man having put his hand to the plow 
and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You see, so many times we're looking back. Some people say, well, I look back and see where, I have to look back so I can see where God brought me from. You don't need to look back to see where God brought you from. Let's look forward and see where God is taking us. I think looking back would make you depressed. When I look back sometimes, and I don't mean to, it makes me depressed. I'm thinking, who was that guy? Why would Jesus want anything to do with him? But when I look forward to where Jesus is taking me, and doing what Jesus has called me to do, it makes that joy unspeakable and full of glory rise up in me. And it makes me joyful. And it makes me happy. Even when people spit on me. Even when people curse me. Because of who I profess to love. Remember what Jesus said? The world hated him first. So guess what? Rosy days are coming. They're going to hate you equally. Why? Because you have that joy unspeakable and full of glory. You have all the promises of the living God laying in your hands in the word of God. And he begins to share those things with you. He begins to express those things. And you have all of that. Guess what? Sinners don't have that. Now you know why they don't like you? They're getting a mansion burning in hell. All the timbers kindled right up. We got mansions in heaven. Hallelujah. Built not by the hands of man. Looking back can bring defeat. You know why? Because we concentrate on the things of the past. Well, I wish I could have changed this. Or I wish I could have. You ever had those? I wish I could have changed this. Or I wish I could change. I don't wish to change anything. You know why? Because I trust the Lord God to change things for me. I can't change anything. Matter of fact, I can't do anything without him. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And when Jesus is in me and I'm placed in the world, I know that I have him to hold me up. You see, Jesus guarantees forgiveness of all sins. All sins, not some, not a few, but all. But if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So why do we look back? Why do we dwell on the past? Why do we dwell on the sins of the past? It's so hard for people to move forward when they keep looking back. 
well, pastor, there's, there's some hurts back there that just I just haven't got over yet. Well, then you haven't given them to Jesus yet. That's what you're telling me. That's what the world tells me when they say they haven't got it. God really puts our sins away. Perhaps you believe that that's possible for others, but it's not possible for me. If you're a child of the living God, it is very possible for you. Matter of fact, it's not possible. It's already done. Some people say, you know, Jesus, he really, he really did a lot for me. If you want to get an idea, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't gotten an idea of what Jesus really has done for you, I think the greatest depiction in modern day is the passion of the Christ. Watch that, and you'll get a grip of what Jesus did for you, because that wasn't even the half of it. From the time they started their conviction process with him and beating him, they say it took about four hours before he even got to the cross. Can you imagine having that kind of scourging, that kind of beating, that kind of abuse for four straight hours before getting to the cross? He endured things for us that we don't have to endure for others. God has put away all of our sins, even our most serious ones. This is God's grace. You know, it really tickles me when, when some people try to tell me some sins are worse than others. In the eyes of God, sin is sin. There is no one sin worse than another. Because you see, that word sin alone is a very serious word. You know what it means? Separation. Detachment from God. Sin separates you from God. You see, there is no sin in heaven. Sinners can't get to heaven. I like some of these televangelists when I hear them talking on some of these TV shows and they talk about how there are going to be certain people in heaven, how there are going to be certain people in heaven that have never asked Jesus to forgive them of one single sin. I'm still trying to figure out how that's possible. Because I've read the word of God from cover to cover. And there, there is no way. You see, you have to ask for forgiveness of your sins in order to move forward. You see, people can live in sin. And they can be happy with it. They can be having the time of their lives. But guess what? When their life is cut short, you can't go to the grave and say, well, I'll see you soon if you're a born-again believer. Because then that's just telling me that you're going to be joining them. I don't want to join anybody who's deep in sin. I want to join those who are fellowshipping with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to join those who I know that have gone 
to heaven. What happens when you look back at your defeats? They just get you down. Well, I tried. I just can't get past that hump. This is thing is just holding on to me. Well, you know what that is? That's the enemy holding on to you. He doesn't want to let go. But in Jesus' name, he has to let go. I believe the psalmist says something in Psalms 37, verses 23 and 24, so very well. When he said, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. But it's actually the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord shall uphold him with his hand. You see, when we stumble, we fall. We're not perfect people. I know there are people who say, you know, all you Christians think you're perfect. I'm the first to tell them, well, I'm not. I'm not perfect. But I know the one who is perfect. And I know the one who will forgive me of my inadequacies. I know the one who will forgive me when I stumble and fall. I know he will pick me up. He'll brush me off. And I can ask for forgiveness and I can move forward. Knowing that he's going to carry me all of the way. You see, Jesus is holding us up. He knows you can't take this walk alone. It's not an easy walk. You see, when we look back at the past, we see it better now than it was then. And Ecclesiastes say, Thou. What is the cause that he former days were better than these? For thou doest not acquire wisely concerning this. Israel had a problem. We were talking about this yesterday in our home. We were thinking... How are the Jewish people God's chosen people? These people have stumbled over and over and over and over again. They've they're consistently been caught and captured, caught and captured, turning away from the Lord, caught and captured. They, but yet God says they're his chosen people. If he does that for them, think how much more he's doing for you. You see, because church, when you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, when you ask him to come in and to reside in you, you became his child. And therefore, he cares for you in everything that you do. He wants to help you to grow in everything that you do. Everything that brings light to the kingdom of God he wants you to do. You know, when I look back and I think of conflicts, it makes me bitter sometimes. I'm like, you know, I really can't. That person, he just really sets me off. So I'd rather just not think about him. But you know what you got to do? You got to forgive them. 
You got to forgive them and you got to move forward. Those that have hurt you or scorned you in the past, forgive them and move forward. Write them a letter. Tell them you forgive them. Give them a phone. If you know their phone number, give them a phone call and tell them you forgive them. Go to their house. Knock on the door. They may slam it in your face, but tell them you forgive them anyway. You see, it's that ultimate forgiveness that Christ has given us that's given you the ability to forgive those who hurt you. Sometimes we don't want to forgive those who have hurt us. Well, you know what? I just don't have to talk to them anymore. Hmm. They're lost, not mine. That's not how it works. It's your loss. You see, because Christ wants you to be the better. He wants you to forgive. Every time I think of past defeats, I look at past problems, and I begin to look forward, I can only see the victories that God has brought me through. Each step, each time. You see, sometimes when you continue to look forward, not sometimes, but all the times, you continue to look forward, you begin to see all the victories that God has brought you through. You see, that the past is just that, the past. You see, we must count the cost and be willing to abandon everything else that has given us security without looking back. With our focus on Jesus, we should allow nothing to distract us from following him. The world is doing all kinds of things to vie for your attention. Do you know what was going on this weekend? Anybody? Oh, let me tell you. They had Sunfest downtown West Palm Beach. They had the Fort Lauderdale Air Show going on. Uh, I think it was in Delray. They had some kind of wine and food fest. They, the world is vying. And in Orlando, you got that Mickey house. You got your grandchildren out playing sports on Sunday. You got all kind of things that vie for your time, that, that pull you away from the Word of God, that pull you away from gathering together and fellowshipping together one with another, as some are in the habit of doing. That's what the Word of God says. So you have all these things that are going on outside of here. But you know what this morning I'm so excited about? Each one of you chose God. You chose God first. And you said, I'm going to go. And hear what the Lord has for me today. I've had a very distractful week. Very distressing kind of week. But you know what? I can't let the distressing things of the week bring focus away from the Lord God. Because if I allowed the things to distract me and the things to come between me and the Lord, I'd be, I'd be stuck. I'd be in a mess. But I choose God first. I choose God above all things. You see, church, I serve the Lord with my whole heart. Some people 
serve the Lord with their whole heart only once. And they, they can't figure it out. I was a soul winner once. I tried it, but it didn't work out, so I'm just not going to do that part anymore. No, we have to do it over and over and over again. I don't know what I did with it. It came in the mail. Oh, here it is. It came in the mail this week. I love these pens. We got a new one. Nice. Isn't that a nice looking pen? See, it's a blue with the little rose gold. Looks really elegant. Dora said it was sophisticated. <laughs> it's a pen. And it simply says, Jesus loves you. That's our motto, you know. Jesus loves you. When you tell people, you remind people that Jesus loves them, it brings a smile to their face. I did it again in Publix this week. I did. Girl was checking me out. Did you find everything you need? I sure did. I found Jesus in aisle seven. Between the rice and the beans. No. But when I tell him I found Jesus, it's, oh, you did? I said, and he loves you too. It's great to see the look on their faces when you tell them that you found everything you need. Have you found everything you need? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand at the door when y'all leave today and I'm going to ask you, did you find everything you need today? And I hope you say yes. Because if you say no, praise the Lord, we locked the door and we're going to have a real church meeting. We're going to get you saved before you get out the door. That way you can say you found everything you need. Publix is a great place to get them woken up. Walmart's not too bad either. Target's more of a challenge. You know why? They're putting more and more of those self-checkouts in there. I don't use self-checkout because I can't talk to that machine. I can't tell that machine I found everything I need. It won't listen to me. One time I think I'm going to go in there. This, I probably shouldn't share this. They're probably watching online. I'm going to go in there and take one eye and just scan it like a hundred times. And tell the lady, I only got one. See if they'll come undo it all, all, the, all 99 of the items. That's terrible, isn't it? No, listen. Don't use the self-checkout. See the people. Because the people need Jesus. Not the machines. And so when you can talk to people, it's awesome. It's awesome. In Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, now we'll get started on the message. Wherefore, seeing we also are compressed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which doeth so easily beset us. And let us 
run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, church, when we look up, we see Jesus. Nobody should be looking down. We all should be looking up. Because you know what? Our redemption draweth nigh. Jesus is coming soon. I know that. I mean, I can't help but see all of the, the things that are taking place. All of the... All of the uh, thank you. Can't you see prophecy being fulfilled? Prophecy is being filled right before our very eyes. Wars and rumors of wars. What have they been talking on the news about for the last few weeks? World War III. Wars and rumors of wars. You see, church, is being fulfilled right before our very eyes. We should be looking up. Let me see it. Smiles at everybody. Smile. Jesus is looking. If Jesus is looking, you want to be smiling. You don't want to have a frown on your face. Because I'll tell you who's going to have the frowns on their faces, all those that are left behind. <clears throat> Lord, I forgot. I should have. And then they want to ask for forgiveness and they want to ask Jesus to come into their heart and change their life after poof, we're gone. Because there are those out there that have walked away from the faith who are going to know what has happened when it happens. And when it happens, it's going to be too late. I don't want to be the ones that we read about in those Left Behind series books. I want to be caught up with him in the air. And the twinkling and the change of an eye. And we're out of here. Isn't it the awesome thing? Think about that for a moment. How, how excited can you get about that? I don't know if some of y'all falling asleep, I'm starting to get concerned. Oh, I got it. I got it. The dead in Christ shall go first. So you're trying to get out easy, aren't you? Uh-uh. Not like that. Listen. Jesus simply has one message. And that message is, church, we need to be ready. We need to be ready. We need to make sure that our hearts are right. And that we are prepared to go and meet the Savior. Why do I look ahead? Because the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. That's why I look forward. That's why I can have a smile on my face and have that joy unspeakable and full of glory. Yeah, there we go. Those are smiles I'm talking about. Why? It's that joy that just rose up in you just then. Yeah, I remember that. I remember those smile I'm supposed to have. I remember the smile I used to carry. That smile should have never gone away. Even in the midst of your, oh, my knees, oh, my back, my arms, whatever it is, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Happiness. 
happiness. I mean, think about it. Like a, like a big tuna on rye with extra tomato. Little french fries on the side. That makes a lot of people happy, but guess what? Don't make me happy because I don't like tuna on rye. Anyway. <laughs> Food makes some people happy. It makes Jack happy. He brought a friend with him this morning that he met at Golden Corral. That's excellent. I think that is just like really excellent. We had a lady here over Easter week that we met at the restaurant. And she came to church. Something about food and fellowship brings us all together. And I mean literally all together. But anyway, listen. How many has the joy of the Lord this morning? How many have the joy of the Lord this morning? You see, when we have the joy of the Lord, <laughs> everything is awesome. But that joy doesn't end when we leave church on Sunday morning. That joy stays with us 24-7. In the midst of the arguments with your wife at home, in the midst of your argument with your children, that joy stays there. Honey, I told you not to do that anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's your children. Now, don't you raise your children better than that? I've raised you better than that. Huh? Listen. God has raised us to be a mighty army for him. And he wants this army to march forward, declaring the victories of the Lord, declaring the victories that come from God's word to win the lost, no matter what the cost. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord God, this morning that the best is yet to come. I thank you, God, that you have not given up on us. Lord, that you still continually, day after day after day, Father, you continually appeal to us to move forward, to, to reach to those who don't know you. Lord, I ask this morning that you would continue to direct us to those who don't know you. Lord, that we can bring them to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I know that the time is short. And the field is widened to harvest. And Lord, you're calling us to go forward and to bring them in. Lord, give us that boldness. Give us the desire. Give us the urgency, Father, to see that. That we would do what you've called us to do. Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory. For giving us that what we need to do. You've given us the equipment. You've given us the knowledge. Now give us the boldness. In Jesus name. And all of God's children said. Amen, amen and amen. I, you're not getting out of here that quick. That easily. I saved the best part of worship for last. Ed come.
Let's continue to worship the Lord with our tithes and our offering. You see, that our giving is a part of worship. Did you know that? Yes. Amen. So we worship the Lord with everything that is within us. You know what I like about our money here in America? On the money it says, in God we trust. That reminds me that God is always first. Amen? Father, we thank you again for this day. I thank you, Lord, for this offering we're about to receive. And Lord, I pray that you will multiply and bless for your kingdom work. In Jesus' name, and all of God's children said, Amen! Amen. Hallelujah! Amen. Let's stand together. Father, I thank you again for this day. Lord, I pray again, be that lamp into our feet and that light into our path. Go before us this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go in Jesus today. Amen. Oh, Betty's distracted. It's God, bless good. God bless you. It's good to see you. Hopefully we see you again. Okay. God bless. Betty. Betty. Try to say hi. Just ignore me. I must have put her to sleep this morning. Did I put you to sleep? Dr. Jeremiah. Bless you, brother. Bless you. Great. Oh, here's one of your mic stands. Oh, hey, I forgot something. I knew I would. That's the, that's the Dave way. Let me have your attention just for a minute. Have your attention just for a minute. Before you leave today, before you leave today, make sure you read your bulletins. Because Thursday is National Day of Prayer. So I'm asking each of you to take an hour of your day and dedicate it just to prayer. Not for any needs. Not for anything about you, but just take time with the Lord an hour. And also, that's on the 5th, which is also Randy's birthday. Happy birthday, Randy. 